It's 10 a.m., which means it's time for Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. That's right, Utah Car Sense. We're back live. Welcome on in. 10 to noon every Saturday right here on The Zone Sports Network. I'm Austin Horton. Producing for us today is Eric Jensen. See if we can't uh, massage a few fun facts out of Eric Jensen today. We had some fun at Eric's expense this week, which just means he's a he's a fully initiated part of the station now. And I believe joining me, socially distanced over Zoom, is Jeff Miller, owner of Mark Miller Subaru. Jeff, are you with us? I am. Morning, Austin. How are you? Good. I was worried. I was just texting you, wondering uh, if you didn't get the link, and uh, I'm glad you found it. You got to figure it out. Okay. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of news to talk about today, both in the car world and in the sports world. And with that being said, let's talk right out of the gates for a moment about the sports news of the day, because it has to do with our poll question today. Now, if, if you haven't, excuse me, if this is your first time tuning into Utah Car Sense, we like to have a poll question for you. You're welcome to call in and ask any question, tell any story, make any comment you have. But if you need a reason to call in, today's poll question is, what kind of car does a BYU fan drive? What kind of car does a Utah fan drive? What kind of car does a Utah State fan drive? Having a little rivalry fun today because, in case you missed it, it broke this morning. Craig Smith is being hired as the new University of Utah men's basketball coach up here in Salt Lake City up on the hill. And now I've got a Utah student producing. I've got a Utah grad co-hosting with me, and I'm the mutt. (laughs) So uh, BYU fans and Utah State fans, you're already outnumbered on the show here. Uh, so if you wanna if you wanna stand up for your uh, your school, you're gonna have to line it up at eight five five three four zero zone. But what is your what's your initial reaction here, Jeff, to the news that Craig Smith is gonna replace Larry Kruskoviak? I like it. I mean, I think it's a good hire for the Utes. I mean, I think he's shown success at Utah State, and I think he's gonna be a great coach for the Utes and move them forward. I mean, as sad as everyone thought the Pac-12 was, I don't think it's as sad as they. I think it was now with four teams in the Sweet 16. And yeah, obviously, yeah. I assume he made a, a lot more money than he's making Utah State going to Utah. Yeah, I was, I was, this week I was doing a little uh, searching around with some folks that might be in the know. And he was, I think, 800 grand or so at, at Utah State. And I believe this new gig up at Utah is going to be north of $2 million. So, yeah, it's a no-brainer. Like my guess <laughs> my happiest thing on the whole thing, though, I'll tell you right now, is I'm just happy Alex Jensen stayed with the Jazz because I think that would have hurt a lot worse. Would have hurt the Jazz more? Yeah, I'm, I'm a bigger Jazz fan than Utah basketball fan. <laughs> and I think I'm much happier that Alex Jensen still a coach of the Jazz because I think he's a huge part of our success. Yeah, I never really saw that happening, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I know that there – and I don't know this for a fact, but I have the inkling that the uh, Alex Jensen and Johnny Bryant reach-outs were out of not a formality or just being polite, but just kind of like we take care of our own sort of thing yeah. at the University of Utah. And so they, they wanted to see if they were interested because you have to. Uh, I'd, but say I, yes, but I'd say if Alex Jensen came up and said, yeah, I want the job, I think it was his. 
Sure. But I think that it was pretty well known all along he wasn't going to take that job, even by Mark Harlan. But he couldn't he couldn't go to the boosters and the fan base and say, here's our next coach, and no, I didn't even bother to ask Alex Jensen, right? Totally. Yeah. So uh, I didn't see that happening. Uh, the Johnny Bryant thing, I, I it's hard to get guys, I think, to – leave NBA assistant jobs willingly to go back to college. Uh, that should be a first assistant in New York. I yes, mean, being in the first chair. 30, what is he, 35 years old, 34 years old? Yeah, he's got his whole life ahead of him, right? So oh, totally. like, uh, I think those guys are pretty excited to be in the NBA. They're future head coaches in waiting. I don't know why they'd leave it. And it, I think the NBA, in a lot of ways, from a stability standpoint, the NBA life's a lot better than a college coach. Yeah. And, and then you look at a guy like Craig Smith – and he has that uh, vim and vigor, that excitement, that enthusiasm, that thirst for recruiting. He has success at doing that. And I think that's number one. The reason I would never want to be a coach at the college ranks is recruiting. And I would, whether you're cheating or not, I wouldn't want any part of it because tough world. You, have to, you have to just suck up to a bunch of teenagers that really don't deserve your sucking up. <laughs> But you, you have to, or your job gets shortened, and, and he's really been good at it, and he has a, a liking for it. And so that's what Utah needed. That's what Craig Smith brings, not to mention he's a dynamite mind on the X's and O's uh, side of things as well. So yeah, I think you can tell the success of the choice by how angry Utah State fans are this morning. And I don't, I don't blame the Utah State fans at all whatsoever. I, I, don't I, I mean, he's a great coach, but it's one of those things when you're a mid-major program, right? success is going to breed you losing your coach. Right. And just like you said, mid-major comes with different dollar signs than uh, or yeah, they can't. Utah State can't pay two million dollars to a coach. No, it's a they dollar sign up at Utah State, whereas it's three dollar signs at the University of Utah. If we're going with the totally. old Yelp review, you know, so totally. you just kind of have to you, you should not be mad at Craig Smith. You really should not be because any, any of us, any of us, even if you don't agree with this now, if you were in that situation, I would be willing to bet my entire $8 fortune on it. You would take 2 million over 800,000 to stay in the same state, to not have to move very far. You love it here. I mean, it's, you're moving up and you're you're moving moving on up. up. I mean, that's the idea is you keep moving up, right? I I guess the NBA would be the pinnacle, right? Yes. you're moving up another level from Mountain West up to the Pac-12, and I mean you're getting closer to the upper levels of college basketball. And uh, by the way, Utah State uh, has confirmed the departure as well now. So it's it is if you were holding out some kind of hope that this was all conjecture. No, it's it's official. Uh, John Harbaugh said the, Craig Smith of, has resigned. So of the upper levels of college basketball, you think a lot of people are apologizing for their Pac-12 slander this year? Okay, so let's talk about that for a moment. Is this March – first of all, a double question. Is March Madness a truth teller? Is this version of March Madness a truth teller? Or is this just lightning in a bottle, momentum hitting at the right time and getting good matchups? I don't know. I mean, I think – I mean, I think one thing is that they're – from a parity standpoint, there's less parity in the Pac-12 than a lot of leagues. So you've got a lot of teams a lot more on equal footing. So it kills records. It's the same thing that happens with Pac-12 in football. 
right? There's not the bottom feeders nearly as much as some of the other conferences. They just beat each other. But yeah. you look at what they've done in this tournament, wins speak for themselves, right? I mean, you got four teams in the Sweet 16. That's pretty good. Right. Do you think that those four teams are among the best 16 teams in college basketball, though, across the board? Even though in this tournament they are. Do you think across the board they're four of the best 16 teams? I don't know. I mean, you look at playing right at the right time. I mean, look at Oregon State. Like, came in worst seed in the Pac-12 of the tournament, wins it. Comes out, beats a five-seed Tennessee and a four-seed Oklahoma State with one of the best players in the country on their team. Yeah. That's real. I mean, that's not a flash of the pan had a good game. So here, here's what I think is happening. I do believe Pac-12 basketball uh, is similar to Pac-12 football where it beats each other up. And I think that they are better than even us in the local media think of them, but especially what the national media thinks of the Pac-12 schools. And I believe 100% that it is because football. Football dictates all other sports. And the way the national media, the, the, the NCAA committee thinks of the Pac-12 is dictated by how the Pac-12 football uh, and, is thought of. And so and that's why you see Pac-12 schools getting... Games too, is that the games are so late from the West Coast standpoint, a lot of the East Coast don't watch them. I mean, just look at the second round where, I mean, USC and Oregon embarrassed two really good basketball teams. I mean, Oregon beat Iowa by, what, 15? Yes, and, and Iowa looked USC, like they hated USC basketball. USC was an absolute shellacking of a Kansas, of a good Kansas basketball team. Yeah, I, and and like you mentioned, Iowa looked like from the tip off, they're like, "Can this game be over? We don't want to play basketball anymore." Which yeah, I was think the USC Kansas game was a two point spread. USC <laughs> by thirty-four. Yeah, yeah, that one uh, was sad to me because I picked Kansas and Gordon picked USC, and that kind of sealed the fate on our bracket. I have to tell you, I'm very proud of my USC to the Sweet 16. Actually, my USC to the Elite 8 pick in my bracket. You did not. I will show it to you later. I have (laughs) USC Gonzaga. You are a homer. (laughs) And it's correct. (laughs) Thank you very much. Oh, it's fine. I I still have six of eight Elite 8 teams left. All four Final Four teams. Wow. Okay, who's your Final Four? Gonzaga, Michigan, Baylor, and Houston. Oh, you pulled the you pulled the uh, the Houston pick out of there, did you? Wow, good for you because I I was down to Illinois and Houston, I believe is what I was down to, and I went with or I went with Illinois, which I regret now, because I saw Houston just a few weeks before the, or a few days before the tournament not be able to hit the broad side of a barn. <laughs> they they went like one of 23 or something for in the second half of a game, and I thought, dang, I was going to pick them, and now I, I just can't do it, and I wish I had. My, my USC homerism ended <laughs> quite well on the uh, Gonzaga game. Yeah. That's, and I, who do they play today, USC? Or do they Oregon. play tomorrow? Okay. Oh, that's right. It's a Pac-12 showdown. Uh, book Oregon on that one, by the way. Oregon's going on. USC by 12. USC is by 12? Double-digit win. Oh, wow. Uh, That's the spread? That's what the spread is? No. Oh, that's what you're predicting. I got you. I'm telling you, USC's going to win by double digits. I I think Oregon is maybe the most underrated division or a a power five basketball program in the country. 
Every year they seem to just do something that no one thought no one thought they would do and, see, and saw coming. But maybe that's USC this year. Maybe Andy Enfield really has something going there. It is exciting. It is exciting to see two Pac-12 schools up against each other in the in the Sweet 16. Uh, and and yeah, you gotta love the seat. The how poorly the Pac-12 got seated because how bad they were left. Yeah. Before before Pac-12 teams that are in the Sweet 16 are six seed, seven seed, eleven seed, and twelve seed. Yeah, and I, that's what we were talking about a moment ago. I think that's because of the national uh, downgrade of the Pac-12. Uh, because of football, honestly, I think that that dictated that. Because and oh, Loyola Chicago should not have been an eight, and if we're being honest with everyone and ourselves, BYU should not have been a six. Those the 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 seeds this year were wild all across the board. Uh, oh. But all of this being said, do you remember a year ago when there was no such thing as any sports right now? This is yeah, so it's really nice. sports. Oh, it, it, it's ecstasy, Jeff Miller. It is. It, uh, it is so uh, good for the soul to have the jazz playing and the jazz playing extremely well. College basketball in full force. Drama with coaching changes. NFL draft with pro day in local in Provo yesterday was a lot of fun. You've got B, uh, Weber State football playing this afternoon. This is a great time. To be alive, we made it through, and we're, we're, looks like we made it, as Barry Manilow would say. Yeah, absolutely. All right, he's Jeff Miller, owner of Mark Miller Subaru. Craig Smith, the next head coach at Utah Men's Hoops. We'll get uh, more sports going today. You can call in 855-340-ZONE. What car does a Utah fan, a BYU fan, or a Utah State fan drive? Let us know, 855-340-ZONE. Do we want to put a, a grand prize on the line this week, Jeff? Yeah, let's go back and do a oil change. So we'll do a free Mark Miller direct pickup and drop-off and a regular oil change in one of our express centers. Perfect. So everyone that calls in, shares a story, makes a comment, asks a question, answers the poll question, is entered into a drawing, and uh, we'll put you in random order. Jeff will pick a number, and we'll get that uh, at the end of the show today. Where I Now, we've got so much car news to start with today jeff chip shortages ships getting stuck in canals but i want to start with you on this news i just read yesterday actually it was two days ago uh that uh or what no wait i'm looking at the wrong thing toyota and subaru are planning a new model launch what is this now eight days from now april 5th what what can you tell us about the new model launch between Toyota and Subaru, if anything? So the launch that you're going to see on April 5th is, I'm assuming it will be the electric car. Woohoo! So it's going to be the all electric Subaru, is my assumption. But I was I was hearing it wasn't going to be until May, but it sounds like we're going to get a little bit earlier. And if it's that, that's going to be really exciting news. The production on that's stated to start next March, so. I guess it'll be a concept version of it, not the exact version. Sure, yeah. But, yeah, we're really excited about this car. It's a full electric Subaru, Subaru, Toyota. They're going to have each have their own model, kind of like the BRZ and the GT86. But the size we're hearing somewhere in the uh, Forester RAV4, that kind of size. It's a little bigger than the Crosstrek one we've got now. Wow, okay. We don't have any idea on range yet or price or anything like that, but it is going to be a full electric, no, no gas engine in the car. 
that's that's really exciting. And like you said, you thought maybe May, but here in just a few short days, we're going to at least see a concept mock-up of what this this is going to look like. And you, you, we don't have any idea on what a what name uh, or moniker is going to be placed on that. Is it going to have the the Subaru logo, the Toyota logo, a hybrid of so the logos? So they'll each have their own version of it, right? So they'll each have their own name on it, their own version, and gotcha. Hopefully, we don't know how close they'll be in looks. Sometimes they just change some body panels to make them look a little different. Gotcha. So it's the same guts underneath. So the way the guts built is called a skateboard platform. So they're able to expand it in and out and put different decks on it, basically, right? Hmm, okay. So the idea is that they could make five or six models out of this car. Very cool. And from this a size is standpoint. And we're we will be selling these cars by next spring summer. Okay, that was going to be my next question because we've been it's been a bit difficult to get a hybrid here in this area. Yeah. You're thinking though that this electric will be a full across the the whole uh, whole brand rollout. Yeah, for sure. We're gonna get the first model. We'll get next year. We'll be selling by May June next year, and they're already talking about us equipping for it. So they're they're getting ready for it. Do you have to? Is there a way? We're already equipped because we already have plug-in stations and some of the special tools and things like that. But they got to get the rest of the country because this isn't gonna be a just California carb state rollout. This is gonna be a national rollout on this car. The numbers we're hearing is 13,000 the first year, just the Subaru side. Wow. Which would make it almost two and a half times what the plug-in hybrid was. Wow, that's great. So, it, so it's, they're getting serious about this. And I wouldn't be surprised in the next five years to see four or five different models out of this. That, I mean, this is the way everything's going. I was reading uh, about uh, Tesla's issues and how their dominance might be uh, the end of their dominance may be closer than it appears because Volkswagen is seeming to pour is seemingly pouring all in on the e, the electric side of things. Uh, they're getting this big platform, this global platform that Subaru has been doing. Volkswagen's getting that going for electric, a whole line of electric models. Uh, you see the, the, the truck world is turning down the, uh, the the street of electric trucks up there in the big three in Detroit. This is the future now. And to see Toyota and Subaru have a marriage on this product, when you think of the, the best electric car that we've had at our disposal to this point in date, or this date and time, it's Toyota Prius. And when you think of the versatility, the safety, and the, all the all the cool features that Subaru gives you, and you match those two together, you guys have a real good shot at uh, disrupting the Tesla dominance like everyone wants well, to be doing. What we're really hoping for, too, is we talked about this on previous shows, is the solid-state battery. That's what we're really hoping comes out in this, is that this comes out with a solid-state battery, because what that's going to do is should be able to provide a lot more range, should charge a lot faster. It doesn't require all the heating and cooling system that a regular battery requires. So it lowers the weight down. And it also can maintain its charge capacity for hundreds of thousands of miles versus losing its charge capacity in 80, 80 to 100K. Wow. So like if, we, if, this could, if this really is going to be a running prototype of solid state, this is going to be a game changer in the market. And, and I'm really excited that basically our two brands and our family have it. Do you think what 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 are the odds that this will be a solid state battery in this e-car? I have no input on this, no expertise from any inside information, but I would be very surprised if it wasn't. How much harder is it to make solid state batteries uh, versus the uh, 
the the static. I, I don't even know what to call it. To give you some perspective on it, so Toyota, in partnership with, I'm reading an article right here on Motor Chat. Toyota, in partnership with Panasonic, currently has more than 1,000 patents huh. on solid state batteries. That's how complicated it is. <laughs> okay. There's lots right. of complication. There's 1,000 patents to make this battery. <laughs> so it's, it's not a, a chocolate chip cookie recipe. It's, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty involved. Got it. It's gonna be tough. Yeah. But you're right. If they if that if that charge can hold for hundreds of thousands of miles and still get that same full charge capacity on day one that you had on day one at 160 thousand miles, that that's a yeah, game changer. Yeah. The argument is to maintain an 80 percent charge capacity after 800 cycles. And uh, let's see, 800. Yeah, that, that's that's 800 about. cycles would be the equivalent of. 240,000 miles. Oh my gosh. I was, I was off by 80,000. But the, and the other beauty of the solid state is the charging time is to get, be able to get with a level two charger or supercharger be able to charge a thing in 10 minutes, hundred percent would be a game changer as well. We've talked about it. My, my whole uh, hesitancy with electric cars is the range, the, uh, how long it can hold a charge. Uh, like we were just talking about, like the, the life of the battery and the fact that right now I can pull into a gas station and under five minutes I'm back on the road with snacks in hand, by the way. Whereas if I have a if I've got a e car right now I'm waiting. I got to find a place, then I'm charging for an hour. It's like if not... they can get if they can get a, it to the point where you can get a 300 mile car with under a 10 minute charge, everyone will do it. Internal combustion engines will be gone. Yeah, I agree eventually they like there's be gonna a, be... be a relic they'll be still on the side here and there for certain performance but yeah even the performance cars on electric side are turn you, you lose the engine sound but they're faster and more fun yeah, i agree and <laughs> you, you i think we're all i i mean this is my opinion that the truck world is gonna be the last to let go of combustion but as i mentioned the big three up there in detroit they're already getting an electric uh, global platform together themselves on the truck side of things. So maybe not, maybe they will get going faster than I think there will be the, eventually the, the manufacturers, it won't make sense to make combustion engines. How soon will that be? All depends on the accessibility, the availability to, to make these batteries and the, uh, the reality of making those batteries, what we're talking about now. And if we're, if we're that close to a solid state battery, then, I could see in the next 10 years, combustion engines kind of going away. What you're going to start seeing is you're going to start seeing gas stations becoming parking lots. Uh-huh. Where it's going to be parking lots with charging stations where you plug in and you pay your electric, electricity fees. Hmm. And you'll see charge, like you'll see parking lots at grocery stores can become gas stations. That's going to be an interesting one for gas station owners, right? Yeah. Yep. The idea of a gas station might change a lot in the next decade, because if I can have a Whole Foods parking lot filled with electric charging stations mm. where they can monetize it and make money off of it, it's a lot less cost for a Whole Foods to put in a bunch of electric charging stations they can make money off of yeah. than what it costs to do it, fill the gas station. Well, it's why, it's why places like Walmart, Sam's Club, Costco undertook that huge debt that, it, that they incurred to put all those gas stations at their locations, 
years ago because they saw the dividends were going to pay where they, they lower the gas lower than the, the guy on the corner and put him out of business because people are already coming to the big box store to get their groceries. Might as well fill up there too. Well, now That's they're going to have to. A lot of electric charging stations are going to be a shopping center, shopping yes. malls, mini marts, things like that. It's no longer going to be an anomaly where you see the, the electric car charger one per 10 stores or whatever you're gonna see it everywhere and that's the idea. best thing you can ever do is get an electric charger at this new salt lake airport because no one has charging all the parking spots are open sorry the best thing you can do is get what now electric car at the airport all the charging stations are open (laughs) you're gonna park closer because you're parking in the charging station (laughs) have they by the way have they fixed that gate problem at the airport that i've been hearing so much about the walk yeah it's far Someone was telling me on Twitter yesterday. It's a pretty good. It's a pretty. I mean, they've got the all the moving walkways are working, but it, if you get put in the B gates and the far, far ones, it's a track. I mean, it's a good quarter mile mile walk. Someone was telling me it was because the conveyor belts weren't working, and now they know, are. Most of the times I've been there, the conveyor belts have been working. It's like basically you get it, and you like hope you get a close gate because yeah. some of the gates are a long way away. Like if you get to the end of one of the terminals, it's a it's a jaunt. Yeah, well, I don't know if they're putting a, any sort of like train between the terminals or anything like that, but I don't know if they are. God, well, I don't know why we spent all those dollars to them. It's really nice. So the airport's really it is really a nice, comfortable airport. So bigger, what? wider aisles, it's not <laughs> cramped. Get but me, get me to is, my gate a bit faster. That's what I need. It is ruining my. I used to so I go on a lot of business trips and stuff, and so I used to be able to go from. I would leave, and it would scare the crap out of everyone I like, would travel with, but I could leave my house in holiday like 45 minutes before flight time. <laughs> <laughs> and I had it dialed in so well at the old Salt Lake International that I could get to the gate right aboard it. No more. No more. Now nah, I got to have another 10 minutes or so on that now. <laughs> oh, is that all? <laughs> Well, yeah, it's, still, it's still pretty crazy. But. Look, I, I don't need uh, I don't need an art gallery at the airport. That's what museums are for. Give me a safe, clean flight. That's all I need. Uh, <laughs> convenience, but whatever. Uh, we digress. So uh, we have a lot more to talk about, but I wanted to make sure we talked about that uh, April 5th announcement of the Toyota Subaru model that's uh, coming out. One for each, but they're working together on this. It's going to be... We have another one, too. Okay, There's what else? Announcement on, if you go to Subaru.com on Tuesday... I think it's Tuesday morning. Let me double-check that one. Um, when is the reveal? Yeah, so March 30th. So I think that's... What day is March 30th? Is that Tuesday? Tuesday, yep. Tuesday. Yeah. So Tuesday, March 30th in the morning. I believe it's like 10 a.m., something like that. If you go to Subaru.com. They are going to be is the official launch of the Wilderness Edition Outback. Oh, we've been talking about this. We've been talking about this a lot. Yeah, 9 a.m. on Subaru.com, you'll be able to see it live. And it's the new Wilderness Edition Outback, which is the new off-road version of the Outback, which is going to be a lifted, lifted Outback from the factory. And it's got that uh, that um, underneath protection, that plating, yeah. right? Front guard, under guard. It's going to have all-terrain tires on it, a two-inch lift. So the lift kits we've been installing, well, what we heard, I don't have official on this yet, but the lift kits we've been installing in our store for the last couple of years is the same lift kit that Subaru's using. Wow. It- it's called LP Adventures, the name of the company. So we've been doing these lifts for a while. People want them. 
now Subaru's going to have a factory version, which is going to be pretty cool. And this is called Outback Wilderness Edition? It's the Wilderness Edition. And then come this fall, uh, September, October, we are going to have a Forester version as well. Oh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Now, so we talked about the underplating. We talked about the lift. Isn't there a different uh, interior as well, like some kind of really cool Star Trek? <laughs> yes, so it'll have the same interior as the Onyx Edition okay. Outback, All right. which is the new the Star Trek. It's kind of a more off, like kind of hose it off kind of interior. Yeah. Still, it feels like leather, but it's a lot more rugged. Does it feel like leather? That was my question. I think it does. Okay. Not, not obviously sure. not genuine Italian uh, yeah, leather. Yeah, our Onyx yeah. Editions have been extremely popular. Like I think our, I think these wilderness editions are going to be crazy. I think we're going to get a lot of people because we're going to see the premiere of it now. We probably won't see them on the ground for another month or two. I think you're going to get a lot of people coming in wanting us to build them lifted outbacks in the next month or two. Mm. We've been selling. We've been selling probably between the two stores now. Because both stores are doing it now, but probably three or four lifted outbacks or cross tracks or foresters a month. Wow. Yeah, we've been doing quite a few of them. It's just it's just a great look for the car. So you're, so we got the Outback coming on Tuesday, the announcement. You think the Forester in the fall? Are we also looking at possibly Cross Trek and others? Yeah, I'm hearing that the, we're going to get a Wilderness on the Cross Trek too. It's probably not going to be till next year or so though. Sure, we're not going to yeah. get that first year. I mean, you just had a new Cross Trek come out this year, right? So yeah, and the big and the big launch next year is going to be the EV. So cool. Yeah, the electric vehicle is going to be a huge launch for us, and we're we could not be more excited. But once we get some idea, hopefully that April fifth is the idea. We might start ordering a we might starting a interest list. We get a deposit list, to start creating a who wants one first kind of list. Who's interested? Yeah, sort of thing. That's yep. Uh, and as I'm thinking about, we just got our Forester. Our lease started late last year. Yeah, in about two years, I'm gonna I might be on that electric vehicle uh, side of things there, Jeff. I might. Yeah, like I said, if they list. can get a 250, 300 mile range in a car that charges under 10 minutes, it's game over. Game over, man. Game over. And I just think the electric, the, just the internal combustion engine is going away. Just a matter of how fast. He's Jeff Miller, owner of Mark Miller Subaru in the Southtown and Midtown, 3535 South State, 10920. South State in the Automall Drive. We got more car sense coming up. We're we're excited about all this news. It, it's been a, a hell of a year. <laughs> Looking back with uh, plant shutdowns and holdoffs, we still are in a bit of a chip crunch. We got to talk to Jeff about that. Uh, we got to talk about ships getting stuck in canals. We have to talk about uh, Tesla and their their stock issues and drama. Also, uh, what's happening in Oakland right now with vehicles is blowing my mind. And we, I got to pick Jeff's brain about that and more. But Craig Smith, the new head coach of Utah men's basketball, striking up our poll question this week. 855-340-ZONE. What kind of car does a Utah fan, a BYU fan, or a Utah State fan drive? You entered to win a uh, pickup drop-off standard oil change, courtesy of Mark Miller Subaru, if you call in. 855-340-ZONE. More next here on Utah Car Sense.
You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back, Utah Car Sense. I'm Austin Horton here with Jeff Miller of Mark Miller Subaru. 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE to be part of the show. Uh, we're asking for uh, your poll question responses. The poll question is, what kind of car does a Utah, Utah State, or BYU fan drive? And uh, our guy, Jesus, sends in, easy, BYU is a minivan for the 10 kids. Utah. That was an obvious. That was an obvious answer. <laughs> Utah State. He goes with a big truck. To, a big truck to make up for feeling inferior. Oh boy. Cool. And Utah, a loud Honda Civic. Says Jesus Castaneda. <laughs> what do you think of those nominations, Jeff Miller? <laughs> those are pretty good. That's <laughs> so, not too bad. Eight five five. Three four zero zone to play along if you'd like, and everyone that calls in today shares a question, a comment, a story, answers the poll question, is entered into the drawing at the end of the show for a free oil change at Mark Miller Subaru. So Je- I did a little research on that unveil, the Toyota Subaru unveil on the yeah. fifth. I don't think it is the EV. Okay, that's so, that's disappointing, I mean, but read, not surprising. Because if you read more about the EV stuff, they they talked about re- revealing the EV at the Shanghai Auto Show. And that's not until April 21st. So I don't, I think it's going to be something to do with the BRZ GT86 partnership. I see. Cause and you know, it what? also came out of Toyota racing. Uh huh. The announcement. Okay. So that makes so a little more something sense. To do with that. that doesn't mean that everything we talked about in the first segment isn't on the way. No, uh, but yeah. I, I think you're going to be another month or probably another few weeks or months before you see the EV concept. And you you had mentioned you thought May at the earliest, so that would line yeah, so up. Yeah, so you're gonna put out a teaser on about March 17th of like one headlight of the EV. And I was reading that uh, there there has been a, de- a reported delay uh, for Toyota 86 to try and put some distance between it and the BRZ. So yeah, I wonder they're trying if that's to make it its own car. I wonder if that's what we're gonna see on the fifth then. Yeah, maybe it's like the Toyota. They're gonna see the Toyota version of it, which is know. still really cool because the BRZ. I've always been a fan of the look of the BRZ, but it didn't have the performance that I needed from a, a car with that look. And so I'm excited that it's getting retooled. Yeah, we're gonna see them. The new BRZ's already been announced. It's launched. It's a bigger engine, 2.4 liter. We've talked about it before. It's gonna be a powerful car. It's gonna be fun. Yep, absolutely. And then of course the 86. Yeah, uh, we'll see that, that one. It's on the, and we're probably gonna see that September-ish. How much of a demand do you think you'll see? For, because as we talk about sedans going out, the, the racing and the coupes, there's still always going to be that niche in the market, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, totally. The interesting thing is the timing on it for us is not great. I mean, for us in the Subaru world to launch a real-wheel drive sports car in September makes very little sense, but it's the way the timing worked out. Usually we don't sell any BRZs during the winter. <laughs> we start selling them about right now. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it how the uh, tuner market takes it. The the what the tuner market? Yeah. 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 You guys are gonna soup them up and make them more powerful. Smarter people than I, how they go yeah. about the business. Yeah. 
Hey, uh, let's talk a little bit about the chip shortage. Where do we stand on that? Or is there is there traction? Is there movement? Or are we still stagnant on the chips? It's very bad. Yeah, it's really, really bad. So, I mean, it's just kind of getting double whammies. Last week, there was another fire in a chip factory that shut them, that's going to shut them down for a month, which doesn't help things at all. It was in Japan. And then, I mean, there's even worse stuff. I mean, even this the chip beam that's blocking the Suez Canal is going to have huge issues for car, car manufacturers. Even though that ship is not carrying microchips, for vehicles yeah, it has nothing percent. to do with that. Is that the it's the hundreds and hundreds of ships behind it that can't get through the canal. Yes, so everything else yeah, isn't turned, getting traded global either. global shipping into a parking lot, and global shipping was already hard. I mean, I read a thing the other day that the price to ship like a one container had gone from $1,000 to $4,200 in the last two years. Wow. So, I mean, huh. everything's going to get more expensive. It's going to be rough because... The, op- the way you basically your way in your option is either wait for the canal to open or go all the way around the uh, South Africa. Oh, uh, which that's so 200 Adds years like 20 ago. days to the journey. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are we, the pilgrims here? Well, let's, let's, fi- let's figure this out. And I did not realize that there's only one other canal in the world that is busier than the Suez, and that's there in Beijing, uh, the, the Grand Canal. The, the next busiest in the world is Suez. So every everything, every good you can imagine is being impacted by this one stuck carrier. Yeah, it's very bad. I mean, this thing, I mean, it's monstrous. <laughs> this is a ridiculously large ship. Do we know what's on the ship? A lot of containers. What's in the containers is what I'm wondering. Because uh, if it's stuff that we can remake really quickly, why don't we just nuke the thing and, and get it out of the way? Because that will block the entire canal forever. <laughs> well, maybe why we maybe back it charge, off. Austin. Maybe back it off a hair from nuke. Uh, yeah, this is why you're not in charge. <laughs> could we could we not burn it down uh, and, and move it on out of there? I don't, I, also a problem because <laughs> the metal doesn't burn and it would just block it completely. <laughs> they got to figure out how to get it out. It's so it it's such a problem. I'm glad I don't have anything to do with it because I'm sure I'm sure whoever was captaining that ship has has long been disappeared from the face of the earth. Uh-oh. Oh, and it's been, and it's bad because a lot of parts of that canal are two way, right? So they have yes. two canals on different, like two lanes on a highway, right? And it, where it got blocked was in the one place, one of the few places it's just a one way area. Oh my gosh. It's, it's a disaster. And so not only do you have this chip shortage that's putting the industry back and not just the uh, cars, uh, it's everything in, in our world today uses a microchip. Uh, and so, but then you've got this trading block in the Suez Canal. And I don't know, I honestly, I'm at a loss. Obviously, I'm saying things like crazy things like nuke and burn it to the ground. I don't know what they're going to do, Jeff. Can they take it? I mean, they'll get it out eventually. It's just going to take time. I mean, you look at something, here's the current situation for major auto manufacturers in North America. So Stellantis, which is a Mm -hmm. big um, supplier, Mm -hmm. a lot of things, they're they're shut down. I don't think it's van factory. Ford has idled its Dearborn, Michigan truck factory. They uh, they just halted production on March 22nd of its commercial vehicle. They canceled shifts at their truck factory. Nissan's got 
extended stoppages. General Motors has extended stoppages. Toyota has extended stoppages. Subaru has extended stoppages. Honda, BMW, Tesla, mm -hmm. Daimler, Honda. Pretty much everybody. So we, we got through, or we're getting through, I should say, a global pandemic. And then this hits us. And, and I, I don't know if this will be... Obviously, I'm not. We're not talking death here. We're not talking human uh, lives, but we're, we are talking about impact on human life and, and jobs and kids. Local and, level for us, our last two or three allocations have probably been seventy percent of what we would normally have gotten. Well, I was going to say, is this going to be harder on the industry than the pandemic? I don't think it's harder than the pandemic, but it, I mean, it can have major issues on the industry. I mean, right now we're pretty lucky in that we we loaded ourselves up at the end of the year, even when sales went that great, just in case. So we had a ton of cars come December. So we're, we're still in great shape and we've got, I think we're sitting on 40, exactly. We're at a 48 day supply right now, which is a decent supply. It's about where we'd want to be in normal times, but we know we're not getting cars in the next couple of months. Uh -huh. So if we keep sales up like they've been the last few weeks, especially with the stimulus checks coming and yes. all that stuff. We're going to be a little low on cars in the next month or two. Which, by the way, I hope people are responsibly so, but I hope they're spending a, a chunk of that stimulus money. I, I, and I speak from my own experience. It's been unsettling uh, the, the last year. You don't. You, I've learned some lessons financially uh, over the year to, to store away and hold on to things. But I, I also think that stimulus is only going to be as good to us as we are to it. We have to spend it. We have to use it. We got to put it out in the market and keep things going. And what totally. a great way to do that is to put it down on on a, on a lease or a buy. There. It, yeah, uh, the in yeah. interesting thing right now is from a trading standpoint on cars, not with just us, with everybody. There might not be a better time to get more money on a trade in than right now because the used car inventory market is horrific. Oh, you, you've got a you've got a diamond you, right now if you have a used you car. You cannot find used cars. I mean. You, we talk about a 45 day supply of new cars right now. Our midtown store has a 17 day supply of used cars and a 13 day supply of, uh, and Southtown has 13 days. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, we're, you cannot buy a car. I mean, when's the last time it was that low, by the way, for you on used cars, ooh, on used cars years. And we try and keep about a 25 to 30 day supply at least, but you're at half I mean, that. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, and it's just you can't – where we want to get our cars generally is trade-ins because we know where they are. They're generally better taken care of versus going to an auction. And the auctions right now are as crazy as I have ever seen the auctions. Mm. I mean, we took – I mean, generally, like – I mean, for the way – so where most car dealers use auctions is for cars they don't want to sell. There's a problem with it. There's an issue. It's been on a lot for 60, 70 days, and they can't sell it. Those are the cars that go to the auction. Yeah. From, from a dealer standpoint. And the last couple of weeks, we've been sending 50, 60 day cars to auction and getting significantly more money than we were trying to retail them for. <laughs> I mean, we had a car the other day, it was a Hyundai something that literally at the auction last week got $1,200 more than our online asking price. Wow, at an auction. Wow. At an auction. Like, I don't get it. Like, I, we're not buying any cars at auction. We're, we literally stopped buying cars at auction because you can't buy a car and then sell them to a customer at a good price. Yeah. Yep. 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 And, but someone's buying those cars and selling them to customers, hmm. which I just don't get. 
because by the time they buy it and recall it and everything like that, they could have bought you could have bought it from us for twelve dollars cheaper than they're in it. Yeah, uh, I, I just don't get it. I've got a buddy who is uh, currently going through real pains at home. It's now stra- stressing his marriage and his friendships and everything because they uh, it lined up so that they're down to one car, which, you know, I know, first world problem, but it's what they're accustomed to, and now things are getting so pinched because they can't find that used car that makes sense for them right now. You just the used car market, it. it's, it's expensive now. I mean, yeah. it's expensive for us to get cars, but from a trade-in stamp, the new cars, the pricing hasn't gone up that much, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's gone up a little bit because of the supply being down, but the difference in what people are getting on trade-ins because of the used car market is more than making up for the increase in new car pricing. We've got our first call, 855-340-ZONE to get in on the show, 855-340-ZONE. Good morning to Adam. Thanks for calling in. Adam, you with us? Uh Uh-oh, did we lose Adam? That's a good call. We lost Adam. Call us back, Adam. We'll get you right on. No waiting this time. 855-340-ZONE, though, to be part of the show. So back to that uh, discussion, Jeff. If if people are looking for a used car right now, what is your best advice to someone like that? I mean, I think there's still good deals out there. And just making sure, I mean, just make sure you're just like we always do, is make sure you're checking car faxes and auto check reports. Make sure you're looking at the history of it because when things get a little bit thinner, you'll see a lot different stuff even on the dealer lots, right? Yeah. Where a dealer who generally will only buy one owner or clean cars, right? Sometimes when things are a little bit tighter in the inventory world, they might expand their inventories to include some shadier cars. Shadier, you said, right? Shadier. I said by shadier, I just, I don't mean like salvage title or anything like that. I just mean like <laughs> cars have been in some accidents or three or four owner cars or they're, standards lower a little bit when they have to get inventory so i just be be aware of that yeah hey uh adam is back with us adam do we have you this time have we got the arrow clicked the right direction there eric remember it's opposite from the other room there we go hello hi adam how are you good morning good morning gentlemen good morning yes sir so who, who can we blame for this increase in price can we blame the former administration uh, I blame Eric Jensen, our producer, first and foremost. Guilty uh, as charged. Good job, Eric. Secondly, uh, when in doubt, uh, blame the New York Yankees. And then, uh, <laughs> nice. Jeff, who else Who else would you go for? No, I mean, I would say, so from a used car standpoint, it's just supply and demand, right? It's when the economy, less people are moving out there in the world, right? So less people are transacting, so less used cars are coming across the market, right? If people are buying less right. new cars and less used cars, there are less used cars being put out to sell. So when the supply goes down, price goes up. That's probably your biggest thing. It's tough. I just bought a car. We just bought a Lexus a couple of weeks ago. And, yeah. uh, and it, was high, it was higher than I expected. It was a couple of years old. And then only to get in an accident on the oh. freeway, uh, Jeff. Like, I got hit from behind. So who did I call? I called the car guys. I called your shop and said, this is what I have. And they sent me somewhere else, dude. I, they really you're, did? You're re, yeah, they said, hey, we don't really do with that car. You may want to go to these guys. And and I was like, but I listened to them on the radio. What kind and of Lexus so, was it? 
uh, it's an R R three fifty R R X. Not a, and not I, and I get it. Just just a standard R X. Yeah, 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 a standard uh, R X. And so, huh. and I was just like, I'm have I, a, I, uh, I was just conversation with some of my guys. I know I was trying because I appreciate what you guys do on the radio. So uh, I was like, oh, today maybe today I'll try to win a, a an oil change. Now, yeah, I now appreciate that. Okay. But thank you for letting me know that because one of the our from a from a COVID nineteen standpoint, our department that struggled the most throughout this whole thing is without question our collision uh, department. Uh, because and, uh, you're one of the rare people who've gotten in an accident. Uh, because with less people driving on the road, only forty percent less driving on the road, not many people are getting in crashes. Which is a good thing for the world, but it's not a good thing if you own a quitting center. It's my first time, and it sucks. Oh, it's terrible. Like, well, no, it's never wow. good Any Any injuries, Adam? Any Is you everyone know, my, okay? Yeah, my, yeah, we're fine. My back's struggling. I've never had an issue with my back before, but I could. I stopped, and I could see her coming, and I was like, no, please yeah, don't. Please yeah. don't. <laughs> and then you see it, you're like, oh, my goodness. So Go you know, get but, an x-ray, Adam. Go get an x-ray, even if you feel like it's I'm, not necessary. Go get an x-ray, and if you can, an MRI, just to just to make sure. Go, go get yourself looked I, at. My doctors has asked for two of them for Monday, so I'll go Monday. Good, so good, good, good. We'll, we'll go do it. But, okay, I'm driving an S, uh, formatic S500 because I'm a BYU guy. <laughs> Obviously, the Utah guy's driving a dump truck, and he's at half staff still oh. after all these years. Wow! And then let's go, let's go with a what a, a Datsun B210 for the U, the Utah wow. State. Wow! No, no <laughs> respect from our BYU <laughs> fan Adam. None for none, Utah or Utah none. State. We we have enough fans. We're good. <laughs> wow! Jeff's now really not going to take your call to get your car fixed. <laughs> yeah. we'll still we'll still help i'm still trying to figure out where's you end up taking it uh it's a place uh it's a weird name it's it's by uh by walmart it's called uh schreinder uh, s-c-h-n-e-i-d-e-r okay um they're 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 they have a, a pretty good reputation but i literally tried you guys first i was like well let's go there so, well, I appreciate that, and I'm going to look into what happened on that chain because that's definitely a car we can work on. All right, you guys are awesome. Thanks for what you do. Like this information is really good for us, so appreciate it. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate that. Thanks, Adam, Adam. Adam is in the drawing for that oil change. Uh, now we didn't ask Adam. Perhaps that car, maybe only the steering wheel is left of the car. Maybe that's why your guys are like, I don't know if we can fix that. <laughs> but I don't know, but so pro- obviously a failure in communication there and we'll get that fixed but adam glad everyone's all right and uh yeah my advice to anyone get that gets in an accident even if you feel like it's totally unnecessary just go get looked at make sure you do that right away so that you don't three four six years down the road pay for it later literally and and physically uh pay, pay for it so uh, make sure you get that taken care of. But that's how it's done. 855-340-ZONE. You can call in. Utah and Utah State fans, shots have been fired by Adam, the BYU fan. You got to call in. Let us know what kind of car a BYU fan would drive, a Utah State fan would drive, or a Utah fan, and be entered into that drawing for the old change. 855-340-ZONE. When we come back in hour two, there's a new trick in the muscle car world to stop thieves from stealing your ride. Talk about that and more as Utah Car Sense rolls on.